stupid. He comes across in front of me every single time he overtakes. Where does he want me to go off the track? No! Stop talking to me in the braking zone! Lewis Hamilton takes the win and not much else happened. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. You are the world champion! Good evening everybody, I am Andre Harrison and welcome to episode 139. God, there's too many of these going on already. It's Motorsport 101, we're, we're rapidly closing in on 150, it's kind of ridiculous. Um, but uh, yeah, a pretty heat weekend of motorsport with not a lot of actual substance in it. It's kind of weird that that one turns out. Watch how the show ends up being two and a half hours long anyway, because <laughs> that's what we do on this show. We, we, we find substance in things that there isn't any in. Because that's what we do on the show. Anyway, with me as always is Mr. Ryan King. Hello, sir. Hey, yeah, definitely nothing happened. Definitely only Lewis Hamilton won. Our friends at Haas would like to imagine that nothing else happened that race. <laughs> Hashtag not King's F1 team. Not King's <laughs> F1 team. Well, they kind of, like, too many Magnussen-related discretions, apparently. That's the reason in the official press release, uh, <laughs> for, for better or worse. And in the blue corner, representing Nashville, Tennessee, as always, Mr. RJ O'Connell. Hello, sir. Hi. My favorite NHL team got knocked out of the playoffs in a tough seven-game series against the Winnipeg Jets. A young Sorry. team with a lot of potential, and they played a great series, and, uh, and good for them, and no. No, this is terrible, and I want to redo up this. God damn it. <laughs> like, like RJ sound like it sounded like a urinating tree video on that one, and it, and it wasn't pretty. Um, <laughs> My only oh. solace is that this is probably the year that Alexander Ovechkin finally wins a cup. Or it could go to an expansion team in their very first season. The possibilities are endless. The possibilities have four. They're, they're scary and terrifying. <laughs> like I, I have a feeling the, the Vegas is going to go all the way, and the thirty for thirty on it will be beautiful. <laughs> Jesus, oh, how do you that, how do you get how do you get back from that? You, you don't like how do you, you you've, that. You, you've you've peaked. You, like, you've peaked in the first year of your existence. <laughs> it's a bit Damn. like Braun GP all over again, basically. Damn, <laughs> sounds like my first time. Hey! <laughs> oh dear. Uh, <laughs> now we've got the crude intro out of the way. Let's get to some places where you can find this real quick. We are on youtube.com forward slash motorsport101. We're on facebook.com forward slash motorsport101. We're on Twitter at motorsport underscore 101. Um, if you want to follow our personal handles, you can follow us at Harrison101HD, at Ryan Eric King, that's it with two Ks, and at RJ O'Connell. And if you really, really like us, you can back us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash motorsport101. $5 gets you early access to both this show and to our sister show, Bike Live, which will be back for its 60th episode this weekend. Good lord, that's, that's a lot of episodes. Um, we'll, yeah, we'll be talking all about World Superbikes at Imola this past weekend. As Jonathan Ray made history with a double victory and tied Carl Fogarty's all-time record of 59 World Superbike victories. He's Makes, very good. 
he he's he's extremely good. Um, and uh, yeah, like like I, it, it kind of bit makes you wonder, like just how terrifying his numbers would be if he wasn't so loyal to Honda for all those years. Um, <laughs> the the force alone is terrifying, but also just just a ridiculously awesome all round weekend we had. The, the final swan song of Keenan Sofoglu, and he didn't even actually race in the end, which I thought was kind of funny. But, um, yeah, the final race of Keenan Sofoglu, um, and Anna Carrasco absolutely destroying the World Super Sport 300 yes! field. That is a bad motherfucker right there. My God. Um, pole position by almost a second and winning the race itself by nearly 14 seconds. I'm so <laughs> proud of you, Anna. I know you're probably not listening to this or by flat, but we're so proud of you regardless. Like, yeah, I, I, I had to dust off the super beat him down hashtag on that one because, uh, oh lord, Anna Carrasco making history, the first woman in a world championship race to qualify on pole position, quickly followed by the first woman to ever lead a world championship in motorcycle racing in a world championship, which is fucking brilliant. So, Anna Carrasco, we salute you. Um magnificent performance and a brilliant super sport race as well with Jules Clazell once again holding off a rampant field behind him as Lucas Mahias actually bottled one for once um all that Jonathan Ray's double Anna Carrasco's magnificence and a preview for Le Mans in MotoGP this weekend and if you haven't listened to episode 50, 59 already go listen to that too free wide all talking about the the, the weekend at Jerez in MotoGP and as I called it on Twitter the world's most disappointing threesome between Andre Vizioso, Jorge Lorenzo and Danny Pedrosa as Marquez took a race he really shouldn't have won Lorenzo Baldessar Sorry, owned Moto 2, and Aaron Canet turned into a bowling ball in Moto 3 as Philip Otel finally replicated his dad after 91 attempts and won his first Moto 3 race. All good times indeed. So check both of those shows out if you haven't already. $10 gets you early access to our Discord server where. We actually have four people listening to this show right now. I'm in front of a oh live studio audience. What? what in the hell is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, the funny thing is, is that like none of these guys actually are Patreon backers, so it's all like like the guys just stole our rent money at this point. Besides Lewis, he edits the show. He's okay. Henry's in here. He actually paid for his spot. Everyone else are friggin' trespassers. Um, <laughs> I'm joking. Love you guys. Um, hope you hope hope you're enjoying the show. But um, without further ado. Ladies gentlemen, shall we get into the uh, Spanish Grand Prix? Yeah, 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 yeah. So. yeah. We'll 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 break down <laughs> this five out of ten race after this brief musical interlude. Yes, it's that time of year again. It's the Spanish Grand Prix. And you know what's funny? Like, like there was actually some optimism going into this one. You know, mostly if you're... Well, most, yeah, hmm. if, if, if you're a Ferrari fan, then definitely it was like, ooh, like, like, is Ferrari actually good? This seems like the test for them, given that it's the testing track. And obviously these guys have done thousands of laps around Catalonia. There was actually some optimism. Because I remember last year's race was actually really good. Probably the race of the year if you don't include Baku's shit show. Um, well, sh- should we have to mention the the slight downer to open this up, where Williams 
are kind of officially, officially in crisis mode because they have, like, their their technical director has left, quote-unquote. But let's, he, he got fired. <laughs> Way to bring down the mood, King. <laughs> and that's before we even talk about McLaren's uh, new nose. The, the the triple snout, as it as it was affectionately nicknamed by Will Buxton on Twitter. Yeah, I, I've heard of you can't put lipstick on a pig, but I I literally have not heard let's make our pig more of a pig. Man, the early concepts for Lightning McQueen and Disney Pixar's cars absolutely terrifying, folks. <laughs> Can I just say as well on a brief tangent? We had a new Patreon back at literally 30 seconds up before before the musical interlude came in. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> you know who you are, Olivia. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Beautifully timed, may I add. <laughs> Dre, Dre peer pressuring people to pay. <laughs> Please give us your money. Our our our, our race cars are starving. Our PlayStation 4s and Xbox Ones are starving. <laughs> <laughs> professional, st- professional, Dre. Stay professional. Deep breaths. <laughs> Deep breaths. <laughs> Brilliant. I love this show, by the way. Like, never change. Never change fans of the show. Never change. I, love I didn't actually watch this race. I was no. on a road trip back from uh, family stuff. So I got to listen to it on uh, the radio mm. on the F1 app. Um, gotta say, I think uh, Jack Nichols and Jolene Palmer did a tremendous job of They're great. They're uh, great. punching yeah. up and keeping me engaged from what came across as a very dull and uninteresting race, mm. even by their own admission afterwards. I, I, have to, I have to admit as well, like I know he gets a lot of shit on the internet because his F1 career never really kicked, got off the ground, but Jolene Palmer is a tremendous pundit. Like, he is... He's taken to broadcasting like a duck to water. I think he is superb at what he does. Um, yeah, you know, like I would listen so, to that again. Like, let me just check. Yeah, Zoe isn't here, so let me let me say this <laughs> real quick. Jack Nichols and Julian Palmer are the best commentary duo. Wow. I'm sorry, Nichols and Dario are, are are oh like this upcoming weekend we're gonna get Nichols and Coulthard. Ooh. So like I'm I'm sorry Scottish F1 drivers, <laughs> but Jolien Palmer. Like, did, did, did you just admit this live on the air? <laughs> yes, yes. No, no, no one tells me. Um, Spanish Grand Prix. <laughs> um, that was uh, that was a race. That was a race that had cars in it and went to a predetermined um, distance. Yeah, it, it certainly existed. It it absolutely happened, um, and we're very glad it did. Um, qualifying was definitely interesting. We had a like a massive variety of um, people either not knowing what was the faster tire between the super soft and the soft compound, which I thought was very interesting. Um, everybody, all the front runners were go qualified in Q two to start the race on the soft tire. Um, and then when we got to Q3, Hamilton put down a really nice banker lap on a super soft. And then Ferrari came out on the soft tires at the end of the stint. <laughs> and like Vettel was only a 10th off pole position. And I was like, okay, okay, what the hell just happened? None of this session made any fucking sense. Um, 
Um, but it was a very, very close quarterfinal session. Only a tenth and, and change covering, you know, Hamilton, Valtteri, and Sebastian. But it was a Mercedes 1-2. Stop me if you've heard that one before. With Hamilton on pole from Valtteri by four hundredths of a second um, in the end. Very good effort from Valtteri. Very nearly steal that one from under Hamilton's nose. Um, the race itself... Not so fun. Um, we had, you know, the, the the first lap was definitely uh, all sorts of crazy. Um, we had yeah, it was. we had Sebastian sweep around the outside of Valtteri to take second, which was a beautiful start from Seb. Um, but all hell broke loose in the midfield as for the third time in this race weekend, Romain Grosjean lost control of his car. Um, so outside of turn three, he's 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 on the marbles. He's on the dirty part of the track. He's tried to go the long way around. It's safe to say it hasn't worked. He's got into a bit of a spin. He's tried to save it, and next thing you know, oh wait, that's Pierre Gasly's car. Um, bang, crunch. yeah, crunch, and then Nico Hulkenberg gets collected um, in in the smoke as well. You may have just seen it on F1 Twitter by the time you um, this episode goes out. The the onboard of Lance Stroll who seemingly narrowly missed that incident, I'd say by about three inches. Um, it could have been even more disastrous. But, uh, guys, uh, a, a, a messy one. for uh, Just an awful weekend in general for our man. Right. And uh, he was in a tough spot, um, basically, according to uh, the aforementioned Julian Palmer. Um, he decided to floor it because uh, the other alternative they had that most people suggested, well, why doesn't he just hit the brakes? Well, that would have just made him come to a stop sideways a lot sooner mm-hmm. and made the incident a whole lot worse than it actually was. Yeah, exactly. I mean, instinct-wise, Grosjean, I think, did what any F1 driver would do in that scenario, and that's try to save the car from going into a spin like like any F1 driver would. Um, I don't blame him for, th- for that part yeah. of it, but, you know... Like, apparently, like, he told the stewards, pretty much, that uh, he decided that he was going to keep his foot in it because he felt like if he pretty much braked or did anything otherwise to try to save the car, he would end up in the middle of the track. He thought by hitting the gas, he'd be able to throw his car across to the other side of the track before anyone was able to hit him. You, you do well, realize... he did hit the gas all right. <laughs> he did hit the gas all right. That is Gasly's three-letter abbreviation on the official... <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this much, like, do you think the stewards immediately called bullshit on her explanations? Like, there's, yeah, like, there's, yeah. Like, there's no way he's thinking that in the middle of trying to save that spin. <laughs> no chance. And as, as Henry points out in our Discord chat, like he said, the only thing he did really was just cause an enormous smoke screen. Like something. They said <laughs> smoking was banned in Formula One, well, they thought wrong. <laughs> like, it was like a bad of wacky races back in the day, like, Jesus. Um, and the thing is... The smoke screen made the accident worse. Exactly, because like, next thing, though, when the smoke clears, next all we see is a broken Renault and a broken Rosso. Is like I said, because of the incident, he's clattered into the side of Gasly and Hulkenberg. Three cars are out of the race, and the safety car was immediately deployed. Um, so, thanks for that, Roman. Um, he'll, as a result of this incident, he was given a three-place grid penalty for Monaco, which might as well be drop three positions for Monaco um, in two weeks' time, and two penalty points on his license, because the stewards immediately called bullshit on Grosjean's terrible explanation of why he spun. <laughs> Good lord. Also, like on, on the restart, shout-out to Fernando Alonso, proving the man is still a goddamn legend for... that. Did you see that turn three pass on Esteban Ocon? Yeah. Good lord. <laughs> Like, 
Oh, okay, okay. Like, I, 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 I am not the Alonzo guy in this Discord server by any stretch, but I'm like, that man still has hi. some quality. Like, like, hi, RJ. <laughs> How you doing today? Um, but, um, but, um, God, that man can drive on occasion. Good lord. That was a, uh, that was a brilliant bit of work from Fernando. I know he was on the super soft tyre, but still to put, like, like, that was a beautiful turn free overtake on Esteban. More on him in a bit, but, uh, get, get into the meat and potatoes of this race further down the stretch. You 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 know it, I know it, and I think F1 was kind of due this. Guess what, guys? We went back to 2014 via via time machine. Lewis Hamilton dominates and wins the race by 20 seconds. You're, yeah, you, this you, is the unseasoned meat and uh, unsalted potatoes. Mm-hmm. Um, you get butter. Uh, I believe that's about it. <laughs> it's it, it's the plain jacket potato you get in one of those terrible shopping centers. Um, yes, Hamilton was completely unopposed right from the start no one was able to come close um dominates from position wins by 20.6 seconds in the end from his teammate um he broke michael schumacher's all-time record of most wins from pole position i believe that's his 43rd i want to say from pole and he's now the only driver in history to have 30 consecutive points finishes dating back <laughs> through the 2016 season which is just ridiculous to say the least um yeah guys like for the first time it's it felt like the real lewis hamilton had come to play this season didn't it <sighs> he did he's back yeah it was it was scary it was like traumatic flashback to like <laughs> peak mercedes dominance you mean like last year like, <laughs> <laughs> and the year before that, and the year before that, though it was Mercedes dominance with a different dude in the second car. Yeah, oh god, um, not much you can really say about that. Just a just a magnificent performance from Lewis Hamilton. Um, when he's on that sort of form, he doesn't lose. Period. It, it's just as simple as that, really. Um, the battle for second was a. Uh, somewhat intriguing as well um i mean as we mentioned sebastian took second in the early going couldn't really shake off valtteri but you know dirty air meant the good old-fashioned 1.6 second gap between them at the front who isn't a fan of that these days right um yeah but after a second safety car ferrari clearly bored of the race situation that was going on in front of them thought hey we'll box sebastian what's the worst that could happen uh, Jeff decided that the alternate strategy was going to work better, and he asked Vettel if he wanted to, to uh, go with the new strategy or stick to the old one. And uh, Vettel just decided uh, confirm the new strategy without even thinking that Barcelona is the ultimate track of track position. In fact, more people have won from the front row here uh, than at Monaco, percentage-wise, of course. I'm going to shoot. I'm going to shoot the strategy department, King. I'm 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 gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm going to open fire with with a, with a with a potato gun. Um, I. <sighs> and the irony is that this was won back after Botas looked like he was going to be in clear sailing for second place because Vettel had come in way too early. He got stuck behind Kevin Magnussen after his first stop. But don't worry, Mercedes are going to get uh, sticky fingers and uh, cause Botas to come out uh, behind Sebastian Vettel, but not before Vettel cuts in between Botas and one of the Haas cars uh, through the middle at a pass into turn one. That was neat. A reminder that Sebastian Vettel is a goddamn brilliant driver when he wants to be. Um, but yeah, that was that was some bullshit. And um, 
I like. I want to say a shout out to one of my favorite league maces, City Graces, friend of the show, and all round good pal TRL Martin, who immediately tweeted me and said, "Are you okay?" At Harrison One Hundred One HD. To answer your question, Gary, um, no, I was not okay. I was at work and I was uh, I was head desking uh, when I when I saw they they put they picked Sebastian. Like I immediately said, well, "That's." Bullshit! <laughs> like, I was, I was... Oh, that, that that are you okay reminds me of like anytime you have like a terminal accident in the F1 video games and Jeff comes over the radio and says, "Are you okay?" This is all Jeff's fault. <laughs> I, 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 I'm sorry, Jeff Codemasters. We're blaming you squarely for this. I, I blame Marcus Erickson for this terrible strategic decision. Um, that, that is my statement, and I am sticking to it. Um... <laughs> Erickson only finished. 13. <laughs> Still his fault. Um, but yeah, Sebastian he, he couldn't make any inroads on Max Verstappen due to dirty air and general Catalan bullshit. Um, he ends up finishing... But hey, at least uh, Max Verstappen's car was intact, right? Makes a change, right? The way his season's played out so far. Um, but yes, Verstappen had a little bit of a uh, plonker moment of his own when uh, he puts the power down coming out of turn 12 and... Uh, Basically runs into the back of Luke of, of Lance Stroll's tire and damages his front end pay. But amazingly, his, his car was okay. Um, yeah, his car was okay enough to, to uh, circumnavigate the Barcelona circuit, one of the most downforce heavy tracks, um, and start to pull away from Sebastian Vettel despite not having all of his front downforce available to him. And all the Even tires. When Matt- even with even if things even if things seem to go wrong for Max Verstappen, somehow they go specific, they go right. To be fair, he was kind of G one of those, wasn't he? Um, <laughs> like I think he had exhausted like the karmic gods for the last three rounds through some of his driving. Um, as, as Charles puts in the chat, um, is Verstappen better than Vettel? I say King boot him out of the Discord server. Um, <laughs> um, well. Um, quite frankly, um, kill him. Um, but uh, yeah, um, I call bullshit on this entire strategic endeavor. Um, Ferrari, get your shit together, um, <laughs> to say the least. Um, this is like the third race in a row where we were on for a pretty darn good result, especially given second didn't really look on after qualifying. And yeah, Ferrari found some way to screw the pooch. Um, <laughs> Can we stop doing this, please, Ferrari? Because all of a sudden, Sebastian is now 17 points behind Lewis Hamilton, and it doesn't feel like he should be 17 points behind, given the way this season has played out so far. But yeah, yeah, and, it, it, and Ferrari it, are getting cost points as well, because poor old Kimi Raikkonen uh, just can't get them the points that they need to. <laughs> Indeed, you were saying there, King? Yeah, it, it feels like the championship is level, but... Like, Ferrari are not making this easy for anyone, including Kimi Raikkonen. All I will say is, in response to that claim, King, is, I told you, Internet. I, I, what, what, have I been te- what have I been telling you people since February? Ferrari will find some way to pull defeat out of the jaws of victory. And I'm starting to get that feeling now that the narcotic is back in the room. Hello, everybody. I feel, <laughs> I feel bad, Tom. I feel bad for Thomas. 
for I, poor little Thomas from last year. Oh. He has a buddy now. <laughs> um, Yo Queen, the uh, the Fernando Alonso fan who was all hyped up to see Fernando Alonso in qualifying, uh, got to meet the team during the race, and they just so happened to get him out of those McLaren Honda overalls. I, I, I can't possibly imagine how or why they did that. They did such a thing. It's like, get the kid on brand. Give him one of Alonso's caps. <laughs> get him out of those shitty Honda overalls. Get with the program. Also, Thomas's last year's news. Bye, Thomas. No one cares. Like, like, <laughs> we had a picture of him on, on in the, in the paddock on Thursday, which was lovely. And everyone was like, "Oh, wait, it's yesterday's news. We got some kid on the hard camera during quarterfinals and the Lonzo fan. Bring him in instead." Is this going to be a Spanish tradition now? We're just going to have like invite like six year old kids into the paddock when, whenever like somebody has a good or bad day, they can get on the hard camera. Is that it? <laughs> well, you can invite. Uh, well, you can invite, also invite man children in their late twenties from Buckinghamshire because they were clearly angling to get into the paddock as well mm, mm. <laughs> it's one way of looking at it i suppose isn't it <laughs> but uh yeah shout out to joaquin he was a, a charmingly delightful little child who was in who was in alonzo's garage for, for throughout the uh second part of the weekend off the quarter flying uh, what an adorable kid um I'm, I, I'm getting to an age now where i find kids more adorable than annoying now like like I'm, I'm 26 in August. Somebody help me! <laughs> like, like the, the 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 dad in me is starting to come out now, and it's it's a terrible, terrible feeling. Um, speaking of McLaren, like we mentioned Fernando Alonso earlier. How fun was the scrap he had with Charles Leclerc? <laughs> oh, that was that was a lot of fun. That was probably the most fun mm. uh, after the ver- after the first safety car um, that we had all day. And Charles Leclerc getting in the points again, finishing tenth. That's Sauber's first back-to-back points finishes since October 2015. Felipe Nasser back in the day. Who would have thought it? Um, but uh, yeah, it was like, like shout out to Sauber for being racy. Um, Charles Leclerc, another great performance. Marcus Ericsson, again, showing what a brilliant defensive driver he can be. Giving Carlos Sainz enough room, like basically a car whip and like a piece of cigarette paper. Between him and the turn and, and turn one, when he was and Carlos Sainz was trying to pass him, which I thought was funny. You know who gives less distance than that, though, mm. um, is Kevin Magnussen. Oh God! Now he started the weekend um, looking pretty rough uh, when he tried to edge Charles Leclerc off the track in free practice, and then somehow came home and finished best of the rest in sits after qualifying seventh. He had a quiet. He had a quiet day at the office. He didn't make any mistakes, and uh, he got to hang out with Lewis Hamilton afterwards. The- <laughs> they, they, they looked like they smoked about three pounds of weed on that Instagram caption. It's like, I, I put a quote on Twitter, like, when, 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 when do you have a good sesh? Um, <laughs> like, they, they looked high as fuck in that picture together. I'm not even... Is it going to be... Is it going to be IHOP or Waffle House today, Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> he he's feeling a Denny's Grand Slam this week. Clearly, um, yeah. <laughs> so if you haven't seen the picture doing the rounds, look it up. It's uh, like Magnuson looks high as hell on that one. Um, <laughs> it, it, it looked like a peak picture of how do you do, fellow kids? But um, yeah, uh, apparently him and Lewis Hamilton are all good now. I didn't know they weren't on good terms, to be honest with you. But that, that's that's new to me um so shout out to kevin magnuson it's like like i want to borrow a quote from rj because we and me and him are on voice chat during the qualifying session on saturday and he made a very strong point about the house team in general when he said straight up like <laughs> like 
Haas is in kind of a pickle when their really safe driver is making really silly mistakes and not having a good season. I mean, this is now Grosjean's fifth consecutive race out of the points, the longest streak of his F1 career. Um, so uh, that wasn't that wasn't pretty. Um, while on the other hand, Kevin Magnussen is probably having his best season in F1 to date, despite driving like a pillock half the time. It's really weird how this turns out because Magnussen has genuinely been excellent so far this season. I mean, one of the best drivers in the field pound for pound. Um, if not yeah, for it, all that stuff, it, it sounds like that closing message from Team America World Police, <laughs> where sometimes if you really want to be good at your job, you have to be a dick. It looks that way, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Magnuson, you know, we driving excellently this season. There's a reason why he's been pretty much in the top five of the power rankings pretty much all season long. If you read into that sort of thing on the f1 website um but yeah like it's justified and it's it's with good reason he's driving brilliantly at the moment he really is um so yeah came back best of the rest once again doing an excellent job for the Haas team he seemed to finally be cashing in some of those point scoring opportunities unlike earlier in the season um yes well, another one of the signs in seventh yeah great uh, drive from Lonzo him in eighth sergio perez in ninth Indeed. We have to mention as well the other tour also that was involved in this weekend, Brendan Hartley, who had a hell of an incident in FP3. Um, put a wheel on the grass going up towards the very fast 160 mile an hour now, turn nine in these cars. These, these cars are lightning fast now. I mean, the track record got obliterated during this Grand Prix. Um, yeah, a, a 160 mile an hour wreck. He puts a wheel on the grass, he spins backwards. Um, into the into the gravel trap and into the wall at turn nine and uh, I like I'm shout out to our man Kai, the man, the myth, the legend, aka known as Fifty Bucks on Twitter, um, always doing the Lord's work when it comes to ripping F1 TV coverage and sticking it on the internet via totally legal means. Um, but there was a brilliant gif of when them of them trying to crane the car back on, you know, obviously back onto the recovery vehicle, and the whole back of the power unit just completely falls out and collapses, like the Titanic. It's it's a beautiful scene. Um, my god. It looked like something that, when you're walking your dog out in the park, that you have to pick up with, like, a plastic bag and some plastic gloves, and throw into a uh, very specially marked uh, bin. Oof. That's what that looked like. Indeed, it, it it wasn't pretty, and now as a result, the rumours have started swirling about his F one future being cut short quite quickly. Um, I mean, we talked about this a little bit on our our own Discord during qualifying, RJ, and like there's rumblings that Pierre, like they you know that not Pierre, guys, sorry, I'm, I was going to say the Pascal Verline could be making a comeback. <laughs> yeah um crafty just kind of offhandedly mentioned it during like q1 or something mm. like oh yeah red pascal verline might be a interesting option uh they have uh jake dennis who has pretty much given up on all of single seater racing at this point testing their car uh at barcelona this week uh he's a red bull simulator driver i don't think he's gonna get it but now again red bull are in that spot where you don't have anybody uh waiting in the rings that's ready just yet unless you really want a hot shot Dan ticked them up there um, which they can't no points they can't enough points. anyway so it's just like so it's just like hmm um, where's uh, where's Sebastian Blemmy's number when you need it hmm. 
<laughs> that would be very bad for Brendan Hartley because he's he's a very good driver. The results have not been there. I would give him a little bit more time to kind of feel his way around things. And if it doesn't work out, well, hey, Brendan Hartley can probably get a top drive anywhere else he lands. Remember, he almost signed with Chip Ganassi instead of that Ed Jones guy. Indeed. I, I mean, I, I wish Brendan the best. He's a good dude and he's, a, he's, an, he's an excellent driver. It's just... It's just not come together for him just yet in Formula One, and it doesn't help when you've got a you know a, a GP two champion behind you in Pierre Gasly, a guy that again, you know, runner up in Super Formula as well. He's got a tremendous single seater pedigree, um, and that's your teammate, and he's going to be hungry for a Red Bull seat in future. Uh, given we we talked a lot about Red Bull's you know inherently toxic team structure on occasion, but uh, yeah, and here's a much spicier radio quote as well. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, also, we have to mention this as well, the other Red Bull, um, because any chance I can t- I can get to take the piss out of the Daniel Ricciardo fandom, I will take with both hands. Man spun under a virtual safety car. <laughs> oh, dear. Didn't Ciroc can do this too? Didn't, like, two people spin under that same virtual safety yep. car? <laughs> Um, Daniel Ricciardo came away with that better. He finished a solid fifth. Sergey Sorokin did not come away so good. He finished 14th, last of the cars that ran. Yeah. Um, whew. Wasn't pretty on that one. So, uh, lol Daniel Ricciardo, or as the, as the, as the internet now starts to call him, Daddy Ricciardo, apparently, because, you know, <laughs> internet. Um, but, uh... Yeah, fun times indeed. But um, oof, we have to mention this as well. There was a lot of noise made about the tyres this uh, this weekend as well because uh, uh, Peretti took up Mercedes' suggestion have, have, having, a, having a smaller tread on the tyres this weekend. A lot of people kicked up a stink tying that to Mercedes' performance for the weekend. Um, and, you know... Uh, yeah, don't, no, do don't do that. He, like, amazingly, the person to squash that, of all people this morning, was Sebastian Vettel, who's taking part in the Barcelona test, um, said, and I quote on the record, having the smaller tread... Like, if they, if they had a larger tread, it actually probably would have made Ferrari's situation even worse. Um, so he said that Peretti made the right decision in having a smaller tread tyre. It made the situation better, everybody, because apparently during the test today, he blistered a normal set of the Peretti tyres for this weekend. So, um, yeah, Peretti was right. We were all wrong. Everybody shut the fuck up. <laughs> okay. um, and on an entirely unrelated note, everybody is bringing Hypersofts to the party at Marnico. Yeah. I'm expecting to get 50 laps. Of course, because that's the Peretti way these days. One stopper. One stopper with like super, super, super hyper soft, ultra soft tires, you know, even though they'll probably last like half distance because Pirelli. Um, <laughs> full red and Bubble gum. Bubble gum tires. They've even got the color down and everything. Um, so, fun times. Here's the full result for that race Lewis Hamilton winning in the end from Valtteri Botas in second. He's 20.5 seconds in second. Like, by the way, I sincerely apologize to Ryan King and all four members of the Valtteri Bottas fan club. I was wrong. Turns out driver's pretty good. Who'd have thought it? Um, <laughs> shut up, King. Um, <laughs> full apology via the Dre Brief series later this week. Max Verstappen finishes in third. Just a few... Whoop. A few, just a few temps ahead of Sebastian Vettel. I accidentally knocked my mouse out of my PC for a second there. That was that was clever. Um, <laughs> well done, Dre, you idiot. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, Sebastian Vettel in fourth. Daniel Ricciardo, 50 seconds back in fifth. 
he was the last man on the lead lap. Kevin Magnussen a lap down in 6th place ahead of Carlos Sainz Jr. in 7th, Fernando Alonso 8th, Sergio Perez 9th and Charles Leclerc as mentioned in 10th. Great job from Lance Stroll to finish in 11th, a good result all things considered for the team. Brendan Hartley in 12th. Um, Mark, I think that's his best F1 result today, actually, isn't it? Um, geez. No, he finished 10th. He was 10th in... Oh, yes, uh, quite Baku. right. The point, the point in Baku, quite right. My, my memory is short, clearly. Um, Brendan Hartley, 12th. Marcus Ericsson, 13th. The Great Wall of Marcus is still very strong, though, indeed. Sorokin, 13th. The last of the finishes in in 14th place. Um, Stoffel Van Dorn retired of a gearbox problem. Like, oh, there's the old McLaren unreliability, remember? <laughs> Good times. Esteban Ocon had an oil leak, in, um, didn't make the end. Rakuten had not one, but two power unit-related issues, the race one being the turbo. Um, and, of course, as mentioned, the three opening lap retirements of Grosjean, Gasly, and Hulkenberg. So, uh, now, Lewis Hamilton leads the championship by 17 points from Sebastian Vettel. Fun times, indeed. <laughs> Yeah. So it's getting a little spicy between Botas and Raikkonen for third place. They're ten points apart, and Ricardo's just behind them, uh, another point away, eleven points back of Botas in fifth. Indeed, indeed, good good times for for all involved on that one. Um, a, a good weekend, indeed. Um, so yeah, what did you guys make of Spain in general then? Mm, I, it felt like an okay start of the European season. Mm-hmm keyword being at start like it by itself it was a a nothing burger as you would say that's a very dry catchphrase well played that king that's uh that's well used um uh i would um just based on like every um just uh just you know a very run-of-the-mill uh let's see two and a half copa del rays out of five Ah, good, good, good reference of Barcelona's uh, trophy habit there and their unbeaten season. Oh, wait, they were beaten 5-4 by Levante. That was a great game of football. Uh, <laughs> you, oh, dear. You, you, you rest Lionel Messi for the final game of the season for no reason whatsoever, and you lose your unbeaten season. Hilarious. Well, well played, Barcelona. That's hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Right. Should we get into Formula yeah, 2? No, no, no. One thing, one thing before we move on. Sure. We almost forgot about it. Sure. Besides the newer specification tire, another new piece of tech was brought to this weekend in Spain. Oh, is this uh, Ferrari's was... Halo mirrors? Yeah. The ones the, that were now Halo going to be banned mirrors. for being a aero device? Yeah. How is, how hmm. is it considered not an aero device? Like, have you seen it? With the secondary support, like, with a little second support from that winglet down to the mirror saying, yeah, it's a support for the mirror, guys. <laughs> uh, we, I, I kind of had a feeling this day would come, to be fair. Like, it's it, 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 it was kind of begging for it. Someone was like... You know we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put a mirror on the, on the halo. Like somebody was gonna be the first to try it, and it happened to be Ferrari, and it's been banned now for Monaco in two weeks' time, which is you know hardly a surprise really, given the uh, the obvious advantage it was gonna bring to the table. Everyone like they brought it, all the teams immediately kicked up a stink, which to be fair was pretty justified on this one. Um, but yeah, you you won't be seeing that in Monaco, thankfully, in a fortnight's time. Um, but uh, yeah, props to Ferrari for trying to you know think outside the box. I, I, I could always appreciate that. <laughs> a little bit of ingenuity sometimes goes a long way. Um, Formula Two, everybody, and um, 
Hooray! Welcome to the ART Grand Prix weekend. Um, in one way or another, um, because they now have a free race win streak as both their drivers split victories this weekend in Catalonia. Formula 2, turns out George Russell is really good at race cars. Who knew? He's really <laughs> good. It's not It's not like there's just one standout British driver in the field. Mm. It turns out there's two. And there's actually more than that. But we'll get to that in a bit. In indeed, more on that in a bit. Yeah, George Russell takes the feature race uh, victory from a hard chase in Nick DeFries, um, who was pretty much on, on Russell's tail the entire race, um, with Lando Norris right there in third as well. Um, a very competitively closely fought race. Um, it, to be fair, it wasn't the most dramatic Formula 2 race in the world. There's been crazier ones than this. A um, little, um, little bit of a rain threat in the sprint race as well, but uh, I have to point out one incident here. Did you did you guys see Luis Delatraz? What the hell was that? What is Delatraz doing? Well, it actually does matter what Luis Delatraz was doing because that did force a safety car intervention that could have turned the race on its head. It ultimately didn't, but that was still just like, whoa, whoa, Lewis, what are you doing? Um, they like he and Sean Galil are driving side by side down the home straight and. Under braking, Delatraz completely turns into Galil's car, who you know, like did nothing against the rules. No late moves, no swerves, anything like that. Delatraz has literally just turned into him, and they've both gone off, and that both ended their races. Like I just, that was one of the most boneheaded things I've seen on a racetrack in quite some time. And this is a season where that was in a race. That was in a race where the MP Motorsport teammates Ralph Boschuk and Roberto Merri hit each other going into that same corner. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I mean, like, Delatraz, if you're ever in Southeast Asia, you're never going to want to go inside a KFC. Just, like, avoid KFC at all costs. Yeah, the man is getting salmonella poisoning. There's no way that <laughs> he's going to be allowed inside. Popeyes is better anyway, Lewis. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> what is it with these people in controversial statements on this week's show? That's, isn't that normally my job? <laughs> But uh, yeah, like that was one that was one of the real highlights of the feature race. Like just Delatraz driving like a complete idiot. Um, MP Motorsport self-destructing was also quite funny. Um, um, and whew, that was that was all sorts of mad. The sprint race, oh boy, um, just just as crazy, arguably even more so. We had a threat of rain over the horizon. The track did get a bit a bit slippery out there, to say the least. And uh, well. Let's just someone say that almost died. <laughs> someone almost died. The halo got put to the test, and it passed with flying collars. As uh, yeah. Tanisuke Makino, um, his halo was put to the test. As next thing you know, Nere Fukuzumi's um, Arden car was literally on top of it as it drives over the side of the car. Um, <laughs> I woke up to this happened to this news at about five thirty. I, I saw the the bulletin like oh. Makino and Fukuzumi had a crash. I'm like, God damn it. So I go back to sleep. About a half hour later, I see, like, what happened. Like, oh. Oh, yeah. okay. That that was almost very bad. But still, damn it. Why do you got to take each other out like this? Yeah. Oh, dear. It wasn't pretty. But uh, as Makino was quick to point out on Twitter, I'm very glad I had my halo, was the literal quote that he said in English. Because if it weren't for that halo, he might have been decapitated. I'm not even exaggerating when I say this. Um, the Halo might have saved its first life. Um, um, so, 
Yeah, um, anyone that still wants to talk about this uh, Halo not being useful, well, there's your walk-in evidence. Maybe these whole, maybe this whole cockpit protection issue is a little bit more of an active one than people would care to admit. Just saying. Um, meanwhile, in the spin race itself, as mentioned, the other ART Grand Prix driver took victory as Jack Aiken took the sprint race win, um, which means all three, well, four if you include Alex Albon, who technically was born in London, um, have now won a Grand Prix already, um, which is hilarious. Um, Sky Sports F1 right now are writing all the positive headlines, saying the hype is paying off. Bring back Johnny <laughs> Herbert. Pretty soon, pretty soon, Johnny Herbert might actually pay <laughs> attention to Jack Aitken on commentary at some point. You, you mean God. like like calling Mr. Russell George like he did during Baku, yeah? <laughs> yeah, that means like so far this season we're six races in. Only one, only one non-British-born driver even has a race win. Wow, yeah, that's Markov, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, Markov in the in the Bahrain Sprint. Yeah, only guy. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like this Formula Two season is turning out to be quite spicy at the moment, isn't it? It's it's very spicy. We got some good news uh, just a couple days ago that Alexander Albon does have a full season deal with Jams in place. Yay! Um, so, which means he's going to finish out a season where he's starting off strong in championship contention. He's 13 points out of Lando Norris's lead. Two podiums for Norris. Keeps him up at the front. Uh, George Russell is 18 points back. And we go to, we go to Monaco next, don't we? Yeah. We do. We do. Which is normally... Man, it is the how to not bend your car and try to win a race weekend. <laughs> the Pastor Maldonado form book strategy, basically. <laughs> that should be fun. Um, yeah, as I mentioned, yep, Norris leads the way by 13 points, but uh, I wouldn't rule out people like the threes, Sergio Sete Camera, Aitken, and Markolov, who's in that chasing group right now with 46, 46, 43, and 36 points, respectively. Keep half an eye on them um, as the season goes on. But just the fact alone that we have, we've had five different winners in the first six races, and only George Russell has repeated victory. Um, well, um, it's it's been it's been great. Uh, this is my first season covering Formula Two full time and on the podcast as well, and it's been great. Everyone should watch Formula Two. Do it. Go out of your way. Um, thank me later if you haven't already. It's it, yeah. It's, it, it is the highlight of any Grand Prix weekend that they are a part of. It's Ooh. NXT Takeover Catalonia. <laughs> NXT Takeover Catalonia. Yep, the Takeshi's Castle of Grand Prix motorcycle racing. Or any Grand Prix in general these days. Um, but yeah, a, a mixed bag of a Catalonia weekend where it seems like, once again, Formula 2 stole the show. If you haven't seen the Catalonia Grand Prix yet, just watch the six-minute version on F1's YouTube channel. You'll be fine. Um, nothing of value would be lost. Um, sadly, that's most of the action we had to cover from, from Catalonia this weekend. After this quick musical break, we'll be back to talk about IndyCar and its Grand Prix of Indianapolis. And Wait, wait, what do you mean there's even less on the list here? <laughs> I thought it was me, guys. I thought it was me. What 
King forgot to tell you was that it's the shit part of May, like the Grand Prix of Indianapolis, and like, it's, like sometimes some races are just not very good on the IndyCar calendar, and it seems the Grand Prix of Indianapolis just has this knack of not being particularly fun. You know what this race needed, King? It needed more Connor Daly up the front. <laughs> did it though? Did it though? I I love him, but did it though? <laughs> Yes, yes, it did. Just, just, just have, just have quality off sequence. It will save the Grand Prix for everybody. Um, yeah, so stop us if you've heard this before. Will Power is very good at being a North American open wheel driver. Really? <laughs> That's news to me. Um, <laughs> ah, God, like, like from pole position, yeah, he took pole pretty comfortably in the end. Um, and yeah, was pretty much unchallenged the entire race outside of. A threat from our new favorite front runner in IndyCar, and as we now call him on this podcast, the one, the only, Bobby Wickens. <laughs> or- Hashtag the plot Wickens. <laughs> There's only one Bobby Wickens. And shout out to the awesome S- uh, SPM who retweeted us basically doing darts chants, seeing Bobby Wickens up the front trying to win his first <laughs> IndyCar race. I know who I know who runs their Twitter. They are very cool people, um, but um, you guys are great. So thank, thanks for entertaining us shit posting darts fans. We, we we are greatly appreciative of this. Um, but yes, as I mentioned, the first two thirds of the race was essentially Power versus Wickens. Um, they were on different strategies. They both ran, you know, the the, the stickier red tire first. Um, Wickens put on a set a second set of those in the first round of stops power got his black tire harder compound stint out of the way they flipped they flipped over on that after the second round of stops and uh power basically ate wickens for breakfast um during that third stint got up the front um and it was looking pretty straightforward outside of you know a crazy first you know turn one incident we'll talk about in a second here I mean, the first corner was all sorts of interesting. We had about four or five wide situations going into the first corner. And anyone that's seen Indianapolis's road course will tell you, like, the runoff on turn one is uh, short, shall we, shall we say. It's a, it's a bit of a narrow entry, as we soon found out, as uh, we got a uh, domino effect, a king of, uh, I think it was New Garden who tapped Pagano, who then tapped Jordan King out of the race. <laughs> No, yeah, so yeah. what had happened was, uh, yeah, New Garden went into the side, like, tapped Pagano at his side. Pagano had to, you know, let off the throttle, pull out a little bit wide. Little did he know, Jordan King was making a run around the outside and goes right into the back of Pagano and they both yeah. go off. Yeah, out of all that, Jordan King uh, lost two laps, but he did finish. So he did finish, but in a race where everybody finished, he was essentially uh, a non-factor. He was twenty fourth and last on the day. Yeah, which is a real shame, given he qualified. He made the far six and qualified in fifth position ahead of series leader Joseph Newgarden, um, which is a real shame because King was having a fantastic weekend. He was. There was no coincidence. He was fast in the practice sessions as well, and King was just showing great speed in general. Um, yes, that's right, Ryan. You you did you look great out there. Um, we're very proud of you, and I know that once we get back on the road courses, you're going to find a way to get it all together. Um, good luck in Detroit. 
Yeah. I, I, I'm really going to need it, guys. But I have a feeling when I get the car back from Ed, I'm going to do fantastic out there. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Um, yes, sadly, that was a, a, a very quick, effective end to what would have been a brilliant weekend for Jordan King up to that point. Um, as mentioned, yeah. it was pretty much power versus Wiccans for two-thirds of the way. Running fourth at the time was Joseph Newgarden, who basically tried one audacious overtake too many down the backside of the track and spun out and put out a caution. God damn it, Joseph. Um, which is a rare like a rare mistake from Mr. Newgarden these days. He seems to be due for one of these a season. He might have just cashed his one in now and get it out of the way early. Um, yep. <laughs> nobody speak of Watkins Glen. But, um, Still leads the championship. He does somehow. Um, but um, yeah, like Newgarden spins out. After it, after a tangle, drives over the curbs. Um, again, Spencer Pickett did that too on the open lap. Did you see Spencer Pickett take flight? Yes, I did. I was about to mention <laughs> that dude shot up forty feet in the air. It looked like a video game glitch. <laughs> Drove over it that. It looked like game. one of those things where you were just like breaking iRacing's fifteen-year-old uh, crash physics simulation (laughs) (laughs) and the car just shoots up in the air and pirouettes around a hundred times yep and almost takes out Takuma Sato in the process as well um Jesus um spent a bit taking flight but yep New Garden spins out we get a full course yellow everybody's in the pits for fresh tyres and a a full tank of fuel and it becomes a fuel saving race now a certain someone was off sequence at the time and as soon as he heard the words fuel saving guess who comes into play the guy who was eliminated in round one was not having a very good weekend all the way through wait wait what do you mean scott dixon's name's on this list this isn't on the script um (laughs) what do you mean scott dixon finished in second he was nowhere all weekend started 18th (laughs) oh indycar somebody pits off sequence and next thing you know they get brought into play due to a late caution always the way isn't it (laughs) and like like the true champion Scott Dixon is, he's completely nowhere all weekend, and all of a sudden, second place. <laughs> it turns into a fuel saving race, and it turns into a fuel saving shootout between Power and Dixon for the last 25 laps, um, which Power actually won in the end, believe it or not. Um, he was able to hold off Dixon, and yeah, Power takes a takes a fairly comfortable victory, and you never really looked like he was going to lose that one um, after the uh, strategy swap from him and SPM. But, uh, King, a nice reminder that Will Power is still really good at this shit. Yeah, he's still really good. It's surprising he only has one championship. Yeah. This is his 12th consecutive season with a race win. Mm. Uh, this includes before and after unification. This includes his time with uh, Walker Racing, KB Racing, and his trial run at Penske that turned into a full-time seat that he's now held for nine years. Yeah. Power is really, really good. Let, like, let's just not forget that he is really, really good at this shit. Um, full result run down real quick. Power takes the win from by two point two seconds from, as mentioned, from eighteenth on the grid and nowhere competitively all weekend. Scott Dixon. Why? Because Scott Dixon. That's why. Um, <laughs> in second, um, Robert Wickens. Another brilliant drive from from the, in the Canadian. King, Team Canada is a thing, and Team Canada is going brilliantly. <laughs> but, yeah, it's going brilliantly. I, I know it may be a bit soon to make comparisons to this, but it really feels like Robert Wickens is going to be the Chase Elliott 
of IndyCar, where he's like, he's going to be able to get a ton of, like, top five finishes, but never break through and get that win. Like, it's it's starting to get a bit painful now. Yeah, I don't know. Will Power had said that uh, Robert Wickens could be the best rookie he's seen in a long time, and that got people thinking, like, who who was who was the last rookie that made much of this much of an immediate impact? Was it Scott Dixon in 2001? Was it Juan Pablo Montoya in 1999? Alex Rossi? Oh, no, no. With that... Everyone, shut sh- shut down your answers. It is Sebastian Bourdais in twenty in two thousand three. It is oh, Sebastian yes. Bourdais in two thousand three, <laughs> and a perfect segue that he finished fourth and his third in the championship. Sebastian Bourdais refuses to go away. Um, again, um, he's rather good at this IndyCar stuff too. But yeah, Will Powell's very complimentary of uh, Robert Wickens post race. Said that. He's he's a, he said he's a future champion, and he said it may even be this season. Um, so very very high praise uh, for one Bobby Wickens, and it makes you wonder how high up the board he would be if it wasn't for being collected in St. Pete. Um, and again, like having the ele- speaking of which, mm. Alexander Rossi was fifth, and he closes to within two points of New Garden's lead. Indeed, Alex Rossi. There, we, we've already kind of hinted at that. You know the fact that. It's, it seems that like Andretti is Rossi's team now. Four top five finishes in the first five rounds. Um, if this was under any sort of debate, it isn't anymore. Um, yeah, Alex Rossi is um, spectacular. Um, he's just not going away here. Brilliant race from him, as always. Helio is back, everybody. Hey! Helio <laughs> never left, but he's back, and he still has... Magnificent hair. Thank you. <laughs> Elio Neves was sits. It, it looked like he hadn't stepped a day out of an Indy car. Yeah, I, like, again, like Helio desperate to come back to the Penske team full time. Bless him. He, 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 like we're going to see him really perform for the 500 in a couple of weeks' time. But uh, great to see Helio back and another very solid result in sixth place as well. Finishing just ahead of the mayor of Hinchtown. James Hinchcliffe in 7th place, who is still 5th in the championship and has not finished outside of the top 10 so far this season. He's in title contention. This is a weird season that both SPMs are in the mix and Wickens would probably be right at the top if it wasn't for his two indiscretions that weren't his fault this season. It's kind of weird how this one's played out, but uh, yeah, like SPM looks real, people. Like, like this is the season I think we were hoping that SPM were going to have. And... Um, I also have to mention as well, like, Chapman out here is screaming <laughs> about Ryan Hunter race. Bad luck. Yes, quite right. Another engine failure. Um, I should say a misfire for Hunter Ray was the biggest um, grief there for him during that race um, with him finishing down there too. Because again, like, outside of the two issues his car has had this season, fifth, fifth, and second, Hunter Ray's been really good this year. Just been, again, just been cursed with really shit luck uh more on him in a minute but um speaking mm. of which simon paginode this was his best finish his best finish of the year is eighth huh <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> how, how did we suddenly end up like going back to 2015 pagano <laughs> yeah but you, you know 2015 pagano is also uh Indianapolis 500 contender Pagano. Oh, that, that was the I remember that was, that was the first one we watched together when he was in the lead for a significant amount of that race before his wing got clipped. Mm. 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 
just a thought. Just a thought. Uh, Passion, like as I mentioned, Simon Passion though in eighth. Nice comeback after the turn one discretion. Graham Rahal, another top ten for him in ninth, ahead of maybe later Sato in tenth. New Garden recovered to eleventh after the spin. Another solid result for uh, Zachary Clackery de Macquery in twelfth place. Um, who we got the news uh, today? He's filling in for Pietro Fittipaldi in the number nineteen Dale Coin car for the Indy five hundred. Yes. Like, yeah, pop out your martini bottles, because ZCD is going to the 500. ZCD is coming in there, and like I can't take the mickeys, actually. That was a very good performance. From he's he's going to go in there by sea or by land. He's going to get that drive. Hey, I see what you did there. Uh, Marco Andretti in 13th place in the 98. Tony Kanaan in 14th, who is still busy stealing math today. His last tear. Spencer Piggott in 15th, Max Chilton 16th, Gabby Shava 17th. As mentioned, Hunter Ray's misfire dropped into 18th place in the end again, which could have been another top 10 finish for Hunter Ray easily if it wasn't for that. Um, Kyle Kaiser, the rookie in 19th. Draconian Kimball, back of a vengeance in 20th place. Um, Face Leist in 21st. Ed Jones, who had another collision with Kimball during that race. Um, <laughs> oh dear. Um, so that... that King, we're going to have to get the Brits to stop fighting. Hmm? Uh, I don't think that's going to be possible. <laughs> Insubordination in the British camp. It's civil war at the moment between Kimball and Jones. Zach Veach in 23rd and the aforementioned Jordan King a couple of laps down in 24th place. Looking at the IndyCar series standings at the moment, it is close. As mentioned, Joseph Newgarden still leads the way of 178 points, but Alex Rossi, only two points back now on 176. you got to go back another 24 for Sebastian Bourdais in third, as King rubs his hands like Birdman in the background. Yeah. <laughs> He's not going away this year, folks. Seb Bourdais is back. In some ways, he never left. Um, Scott Dixon in fourth on 147. Like... Dixon has not looked that good at any point this season, and he, there he is in fourth place. Why? Because Scott fucking Dixon. That's why. <laughs> Again, um, James Hinchcliffe has mentioned in fifth on 144, two points ahead of Graham Rahal on 142, another seven back, and creeping his way up the board, Will Power now on 135. Um, Robert Wickens, or Bobby Wickens as we now call him on this show, in 8th as top rookie on 133. Um, Hunter Ray on 125. And then Marco Andretti, of all people, rounds off the top 10. Sorry, Zoe. On 105. Um, bit of a surprise to see him that high up the board. He's ahead of Tony Kanaan, Simon Pagano, last year's 500 winner. Jeez, um, there's a lot of quality names a little bit further down the board, which I think is kind of strange. But hey, it's still kind of early days yet on this one. And now but, we uh, can get in the actual month of May proceedings the one that we genuinely mm. care about because we did have practice today um it got halted early due to rain but you know that's indiana in may for you moisture yes. and uh they they've already announced the uh the starter of the race will be uh one james hunt yeah james mm. hunt or thor son of odin from asgard mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's Apparently- yeah apparently real humans called him chris hemsworth um <laughs> which is um yeah just to, to borrow a quote from lizzie fuck me up <laughs> <laughs> i i will take this i would also like it if they got daniel Brühl to wave the checkered flag at the end of it 
Perfect. Oh my God. Perfect. <laughs> there we perfect go. Symmetry. There we go. Yep. We as mentioned, we had uh, the we had first practice today for the session. Um, uh, yep. Simon Pagina was fastest today. Best speed of two twenty five point seven. Wonder if that See, was under. We told you Pagina was coming up. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And in second, Helio. God bless Helio. Um, there's still 40 minutes to go, actually, of this session as we were recording this now. But as it stands, Pagano's top with Helio Gashaneva second, Joseph Newgarden third, Marco Andretti fourth, and Uncle Ed, uh, Oval Master Ed Carpenter, uh, rounds off the top five. Again, still 40 minutes to go, so that might not be the final results by the time this goes out. But We're going to have a number of on. different practices as well. And then mm-hmm. by the time this episode comes out, we'll also be preparing for time trials the run yep. for pole and the race to see who gets bumped out of the field. Yep, and the format's slightly different than what we're used to in oh. terms of bump days and pole days. Bump day will be on Saturday, followed by the run for pole on pole day on Sunday. So let me get this Which straight. Which is as it should be. Yeah, so let me get this There's 35 runners, so that means there's going to be two bumped spots, right? right. Yes. Right. Anyone want to make a prediction? Which which, which are the bottom? Which is the bottom two and doesn't make it? I I can't make a prediction until we get about a couple days into practice. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't want to make a prediction. Everybody looks good. There are no teams that obviously look like they're in serious serious trouble that their drivers cannot get them out of or that their teams cannot get them out of. Oh, I don't want to pick this. Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> It is far too difficult to think who is going to get bumped because everyone's so close and number one, everyone's so close, number one. Number two, it's still opening day. We don't have much information to go off of. Yeah, yeah. it's Carlin's first Indianapolis 500, but Matt Shilton led a sizable portion of the race and Charlie Kimball squeaks out top 10 finishes every year, it seems. Finished yeah, third in 2015. It's Junkos' second effort, but Kyle Kaiser is very good. Um, yeah, you've looked at other teams like the the second or third cars or the fourth cars or an Andretti takes the fifth or the sixth cars. You think, well, they've still got solid teams behind them. Danica, mm-hmm. they would they would cancel the race before Danica Magic got <laughs> five hundred. How about indie cars like riding a bike? At least I hope. Mm. Uh, again, <laughs> again, he's he's got he's got Schmidt Peterson Motorsports behind him. Jay mm. Howard can probably bullshit his way to a top five. To a t- not, <laughs> at least did on you the say t- the, did you say top five for a second there, RJ? <laughs> well, nope. I'm ho- I'm sticking to it. That's my whole <laughs> pick. Jay Howard's gonna make the fast nine. Outside, we're gonna fight Jersey style. Yes, outside right now. Um, <laughs> is that uh, Jersey, New York, or Jersey uh, in the UK? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. Solid. Uh, perfect. <laughs> Should we get into the news, fellas? Yes, we have oh. an assorted grab bag of news. Indeed, and a and a big one dropped this morning as a uh, Venturi in Formula has gained a old Brazilian. Apparently, it's Felipe Massa. Um, oh lord, Felipe Massa is going to be in Formula E. Everybody, get excited, yo! Felipe Massa do Brasil. And since it's Formula E, this is the EDM remix of Tame da Vitoria. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> we should get Chris Kick on that. Um, 
You find a way to listening. Please, please, uh, please just drop like some crappy drum and bass uh, drum beat over the top of this. Corner daily is out style. EDM the shit out. EDM the shit out of this. But yeah, Felipe Massa is coming to Formula E, which is good. He brings with him over 250 Formula One stars, a 30 seconds of a world championship, and 11 Grand Prix victories with him. The question is, will he become more Jean-Éric Verne, or will he become more Jacques Villeneuve, who also raced for Venturi, mind you, for like mm. two rounds? For three races, despite having a two-year deal. Man. <laughs> It should be fun. I mean, I'm not the guy to get hype about Formula E because I'm just not that dude. But yeah, that, that's a pretty cool hire to get Felipe Massa in there. The guy that's just come off F1. And if anything, it's nice walking proof that, yeah, it turns out they were kind of right about the whole um, Felipe Massa not really wanting to retire situation. You know? Um, whew, uh, an- another shitstorm for the Williams team to deal with. Fun times. <laughs> that's in- fine. Um, let's go back to single sweaters, single seaters, um, because we weren't entirely done with single seaters at Barcelona. Uh, we had GP3. I did not watch any of GP3. Yes, I did not watch GP3 either. Me free. Um, let's, uh, let's just hit the highlights. Um, ART, uh, continued to be good. Nikita Mazepin won the first race and took a 1-2-3 finish for ART. That's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Giuliano Lacey won the sprint race from the front row. That is also good. So, hey, a team that is not ART won something at Barcelona. Well, not ART or Mercedes. Uh, and two second places for Antoine Hubert, given the championship lead. The next race is at Paul Ricard in about eight weeks, what seems like 19 years, because they're yeah. not going to Monaco. Not going to Monaco, not going to Canada, so... It's you know who is way. going to you know who is going to Monaco? A bunch of rich people of various skill levels driving their very old Formula One cars. We're, <laughs> oh, we're jumping the set list, folks. Rich bastards. Um, we did not watch much of the Monaco historics until we got ready to record. Mm-hmm. And man, there are thrills, spills, everything in between. Dude, when you put like inexperienced but wealthy drivers behind the wheels of some of the most difficult racing machines ever created, you're gonna get some action. <laughs> Tell us more, King, because like, we call this the Ryan King, like the Ryan King gets the lube out and gets like the sock down, gets the sock out of the drawer and watches like cars from his youth go around Monaco, basically. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Where it's like, let's see, uh, probably my personal favorite class to watch is always the uh i think like yeah in this one it was 66 to 71 that you know we have arrow for the first time guys but these cars could still slide where a where a guy in his uh where where a guy in his little you know t-tray formula one car decides to wing it around the outside going going around that long corner to casino square oh lord <laughs> Luckily, that ended up fine. In the slightly newer class of, you know, 72 to, to 76, a.k.a. Basically the, the Hunt... <laughs> yeah, the, the, the Hunt Lauda class, basically. Some dude almost destroys his Ferrari. Yikes. Where, uh, they, where they make contact heading into Mirabeau, and 
the guy, luckily enough, decommits at the last second to, to send his car down the escape road and not head first into the tire wall. Yikes. And also in the, the pre-61 class, 50s era Formula 1, some dude gets a drive through for aggressive driving, which is, like, insane to me, where it's like, dude, you got a penalty in a vintage F1 race. Like, yeah, you know what the penalty was if you got caught for reckless driving in a, in a Formula 1 race in the 50s? You were thrown from your fucking car. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're probably dead. Yeah. Yeah. It's also weird to see these cars with, you know, like, uh, obviously because they have modern safety features, so they have roll hoops, they have seatbelts, they have Hans devices, but man, it still looks dangerous as all hell. Mm-hmm. Yo, there are some names that I actually recognize on this entry list. Adrian Newey drove around a Lotus 49B. Uh, Paolo Barilla, who used to drive for Minardi back in the early late 80s to early 90s, drove a Ferrari 312B from the 1970s. Um, that, was, that was about as far as names I recognize. But man, how, how much is the insurance premium if you just write off one of these bad boys? Oh God! I've seven figures mm. easy. Like that's that's the thing about this class. I've never heard of anyone actually completely riding off a car because they're considered so valuable that you, you they always rebuild them. But I've never seen anyone actually damage their car to the point where they can't rebuild them. That'd be a nightmare. That'd be a oh, nightmare. Where that would not be only, very very bad. Not only for the financial value loss, but the historic value loss. King, like it's it's gonna require more than that little box on the insurance form, isn't it? <laughs> like, like no, <laughs> like, like how do you explain the Ferrari that? Yeah, you know that chassis that used to run in the seventies. Um, it's gone now. So, at least you could get like a Formula V car from the 1950s as like a rental, right? It's basically the same. Yeah. <laughs> Though I do love the restraint from the the historic from the the Auto Club to Monaco, where they're like, "Yeah, we're setting the upper limit on car age to to 1976. Nothing newer than that will race here because this this Grand Prix is getting." has been getting more popular and popular each each year that they run it. They run it every other year. But yeah, it's been like they had 40,000 people over over the three days. And man, the restraint to it's, not say like, yeah, we're going to have ground effects cars, guys. Ground effects cars. Ground Monaco. Yeah. Please. Yes. Please, uh, please check out the highlights of these and enjoy some old cars thrashing it around Monaco. And also cry at the fact that some of these drivers do not know what they're doing in the rain. Bless them. They're trying yeah, they're, their best. They're like stalled cars at the start of like every other race. They're like, well, cars like legit have mechanical failures during some of these races. And those are the scariest moments. They were indeed. Um... Let's go a little bit up the road here. Again, we're jumping around the set list. Um, King, did you watch Formula 3 at PAL? Uh, I've seen the highlights. Okay. Yeah, I basically got it written down. Guan Yu Zhao wins for China, first race of the season. Uh, Ralph Aaron wins the uh, wins the last race of the weekend. And Sasha Fenestraz in his first weekend as a full-time F1 driver... Uh, this is another name to watch. He's 18 years old. He was the successor to Lando Norris as the champion of Euro Cup Formula Renault 2.0. Uh, won the middle race, and he leads the championship after one round. Uh, so definitely keep an eye on that. It's it's kind of a thin grid, but there are still um, 
there are still some good quality drivers yeah. in that Formula 3 grid as well. Between Fenestras, Dan Tictum is there. Uh, Marcus Armstrong is the latest promotion for the Ferrari Driver Academy. Uh, they have Jayan Darabala, um, Ina Mahmed, who scored a podium, finished. Um, Guan Yu Zhao, of course, Ralph Aaron. Um, Mick Schumacher will get it together at some point. It's, it's, it's not the star-studded grid of recent years, but there's still some good value to be had. Yeah, because I we talked about GP three earlier in the in the in the show, and we kind of have to realize that both for Formula three and GP three that this is their last season. There's going to be a merger, and it is going to be next year's field with the combined you know GP three and F and F three fields. It's going to be a show, and it is going to. I'd probably say Formula three is finally going to be. Be spoken in the same way that we talk about Moto Three and Moto GP. Really? Oh, please stop! I I already have an erection. I, erection. <laughs> I don't even watch bikes. Yeah, and like the the way that they're talking about trying to come up with a calendar that is also like it's not solely going to be a, a Grand Prix support series because they're they're trying to make an aim of getting Macau to still remain as the Formula Three season finale. I don't know how. How Powell's going to work into this. Maybe they'll keep Powell on the calendar as well, because that's, you know, an historic Formula 3 race. But, yeah, they're trying to create the most exciting championship at this level to actually try to make people care about this championship. It's going to be fun. Um, let's cut over across the uh, Eurasia continent over to Japan and Super Formula, where Ryo Hirakawa put in the fastest time in qualifying. Tomoki Nojiri for Honda took P1 because Hirokawa had a three-price grid penalty for plowing into his teammate at the hairpin. I'm so proud of you, son, but why did you do that? <laughs> but the big winner of the weekend is Fog. Heavy yeah, Fog like, I can't see RJ won. anymore. RJ's just gone. He's, he disappe- he's disappeared. Yes, Fog... <laughs> Yeah, Fogg got a great start, uh, led wire to wire, and ended up canceling the race at Autopolis. Poor visibility is second, and the makeup race to be scheduled at a later date is third. Actually, this does kind of suck, though, because uh, that's one marquee race off the calendar. The Nets round at Tsugo in two weeks' time, where we'll see Dan Tictum make his series debut. There's that Tictum guy again coming mm, up. Yeah. Um, also, Tom Dillman is in the number seven car uh, for Team Lamont taking the place of Pietro Pittipaldi, who was going to miss this race uh, anyway because of Indianapolis, and Tom Dillman may have to stay a little bit longer. Shoutouts to Sena Sakaguchi as well. This was going to be his only race in the car, and it turns out he doesn't even get to drive. He's back to <laughs> Formula 3. Oh, Justice, right? <laughs> that, that That's the hardest feeling, when you have a one-off ride in the series, and that one-off race doesn't happen of course goodness um should we cut a little bit further to asia um at shanghai which is not which is going to be the projected home of the 1000th formula one grand prix it's not gonna be at silverstone how dare they (laughs) well because due to calendar constraints as a fact that time exists the 1000 Grand Prix would have to take place in April, or the season would have to be delayed to start in April, like start at the end of April. So I guess this was the best compromise. Yeah, for reference here, it uh, the WEC Sits Hours of Silverstone was recently held in April. It snowed recently at that race weekend. 
it snowed. Yeah. <laughs> it's... Let's put it to you this way. As, oh, as friend of the show, Sarah Connors, rightly pointed out on Twitter, you put 140,000 British people in Northamptonshire in the cold or in April, which is known for having a shit ton of rain. You are going to have a miserable race weekend. Do not do it, okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, do not do your fastest race in, in, in the UK in April. Don't do it. And I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure right. some of us might remember the last time Formula formula one raced at silverstone in april because it was within our lifetimes it was the 2000 british grand prix wasn't that a complete washout yep <laughs> yeah i do remember that one as it goes that was uh oh, oh lord that was a uh slippery just shall, shall we say um uh, the, the race slippery. the race was dry but everything else wasn't but if it happens <laughs> in shanghai and is projected assuming the calendar stays the same Good. Shanghai has a much better racetrack with much better fans and a crowd comprised of much better people. It's a much better city. And I'm proud of Shanghai. You're doing good, sweetie. You're doing great. The racing is good there. And you have If, if, if you can see it through all the fog. <laughs> if you can see it through all the fog. Like, Shanghai has been a reliable stop in the Grand Prix calendar for, I'm, I'm pretty sure next year would be their 15th Chinese Grand Prix. No, to be fair, it's a good venue and it and it's a good racetrack and it has produced many a classic, to be fair. Like like China, I think is one of the more underrated and underappreciated races on the calendar. Um so, you know, I have no problem with the, the thousand races happening to be in China. Big market, good track, good Grand Prix, good venue. And actually I need to self correct, I made a very common mistake. Next oh. year would be the 16th Chinese Grand Prix, the 15th anniversary of the first Chinese Grand Prix. Ah, there you go. You got your years yes, mixed the up. WrestleMania, the WrestleMania yeah. <laughs> 25th anniversary of Chinese Grand Prix. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I see what you did there, because I never get years mixed up on this podcast. Ever. <laughs> no, no, it's that, it's that whole, like, you don't celebrate the the anniversary like you don't celebrate the the anniversary of of your birth uh you know on the day of your birth so your first birthday isn't the day you're born it's the day, it's the year after mm-hmm. um sebastian vettel's brother uh fabian is now a lamborghini junior driver as well hey that's nice yeah. It's it's awkward seeing people say, oh, it's so sad to see that Fabian's too old to get into single-seaters. And I'm like, isn't he, like, only 19? And like, yeah, he's 19. Yeah, he's, far, that that's, yeah, he's far too old. <laughs> that's, that's, that's scary. That, I feel so old. <laughs> he's, cle- he's, he's clearly, like, four years ahead of the curve. Like, jeez. He's the Ian Wright of racing drivers now. He's, he's going to break through at, like, 23. <laughs> oh, dear. But, um... Guys, are we already done here? Yeah, no, I believe no. we're done here. We, um, we, got, we got one last story because we talked about oh. historic Monaco earlier in the earlier in the episode, sure. and recently the release date was dropped for F1 2018, the official video game, of the FIA Formula One World Championship. Yes, we can confirm yes. it exists. It is definitely a thing that is going to happen. The game will be released uh, August. 24th, which is, I believe is the same weekend as the Belgian Grand Prix. Yes. Um, also, uh, they already hinted at, they are, well, they already confirmed that we'll be adding even more classic cars into the game, as well as an expanded career mode. Give me my Jordan 191, goddammit. <laughs> 
with the official tagline of the game being make headlines. Ooh, spicy. So that means interviews are coming back? Yeah, they, like, Codemasters themselves even, like, fuel this rumor hinting that, yeah, that will most likely be making a return. So, like... Is like is there going to be like bonus points if you like tell wisecracks in press conferences like Sebastian Vettel did through twenty sixteen? <laughs> how many oh points? How many Ferrari loyalty points do you get if you back their threat to uh, leave the sport? <laughs> One hundred and fifteen thousand. <laughs> can I? Can I don't I know. Tell- I hear. I heard there were some terrible microtransactions right now that if you wanted to start your career with, like, Alfa Romeo, Salber, or whatever, you have to pay, like, twenty nine ninety nine worth of uh, microtransactions to do it. Uh, uh, it's true. Oh, can, I, can I tell random drivers that I've had on-track spats with to suck my balls, honey? <laughs> or you can do that. You, you just That's just you screaming at the TV rather than it being an actual <laughs> line in the game. Because we all know their, their we all know the quality of their eye is fantastic, top notch. Um, but uh, yeah, it is a thing. It'll be out on August twenty fourth, um, a week after I turn twenty six. Um, so expect you know numerous amounts of coverage on the channel when that game inevitably comes out, and maybe like one yes. whole stream on YouTube or something <laughs> before. Yes. And and McLaren neither confirming or denying they're coming to IndyCar next year, either as a new team or as a partner with Andretti or Ray Hall. Or the possibilities may be endless. Who knows? Who knows? That's one thing to watch for silly season. Mm. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure it's like, hey, whichever you two teams drop Honda, we're definitely on board. <laughs> that should be fun. Keep half an eye on that one as it goes on. Nothing really to golf that we didn't already know already, but certainly worth keeping an eye on. Um, so yeah, it's, keep an eye on that. And I think we're just about done here, folks. So. Yep. Yep. Time trials for Indy next weekend. Formula E in Berlin. Berlin, Super GT in Suzuka. Uh, NASCAR has an all-star race, I guess. That's fine. Yeah. And, oh, remember, a certain former Formula One world champion will be doing a demo run at the Berlin E-Prix. Oh, the return in a race car of Nico Rosberg, you say? Family man Nico Rosberg is back. Ryan King will be glued to the television. He'll be he'll be sitting like three inches away, like a Simpsons cartoon. <laughs> Nico, why can't you come back? But as he ends up being a team boss instead, most likely. Anywho, that'll just about do it for this week's episode of Motorsport 101. As mentioned, we'll be back next week with all our coverage of the Indy 500 qualifying runs and Formula E in Berlin as well. Places you can find us one more time are on youtube.com forward slash motorsport101, facebook.com forward slash motorsport101, twitter at motorsport underscore 101, and if you'd like to follow our personal handles, you can at harrison101hd, at Ryan Eric King, and at RJ O'Connell. Um, again, motorsport101.net is our website for all episodes, and if you really, really like us, you can back us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Motorsport 101. <laughs> um, oh, Jesus, freaking trolling me in the middle of my outro while talking about the Hawks. If the Hawks win the lottery, I'm winning. A, I'm getting a lottery champs tattoo. God. <laughs> <laughs> 
RJ, stop the stop ruining my outro. <laughs> How dare you? As mentioned, five dollars gets you early access to both this show and Bike Live. As mentioned, episode sixty will be out this weekend, all about World Superbikes at Imola. God, I love Imola. Um, Jonathan Ray's uh, double victory. Uh, Jules Fazel winning in Supersport, as well as Keenan Sofoglu's retirement. We're talking about that as well, and Anna Carrasco whipping that ass um, uh, and destroying a bunch of immature men in a Supersport three hundred race. Well worth to listen alone if you ask me um and of course 10 bucks gets you into my discord server so if you want to be a patreon backer patreon.com forward slash motorsport 101 we'll be back next week to talk about as mentioned formula in berlin and the indy 500 qualifying runs and preview the biggest race of the year the indy 500 itself can't wait for that day of classics free coming very soon to a motorsport 101 youtube channel near you just saying yeah, we still don't we still don't have a subtitle for for Day of Classics three. Yet. Yeah, you mean like like Alonso didn't call this the biggest race in the world anymore? That one? Are we going with that? But not no, I didn't think so. Me neither. Right, let's get out of here. I've been Andre Harrison. They've been Ryan King and RJ O'Connell. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll catch you guys next time. Sayonara. Later, y'all. Bye. You are the world champion! Just a quick note, post-credits, by the way. Thanks to everyone that has sent well wishes and words of support towards my brother who was in an unprovoked assault earlier this week. I mentioned on Twitter, um, me and Ryan and the whole Harrison family are very, very grateful for that. Thanks.